welcome to the Ling Podcast. This is Marlene. On today's show, I'm going to discuss a topic that I've sort of tap danced around in the last few episodes. And so it's about shame, specifically disability shame. And I've realized this is something that I have been dealing with recently, but also a lot of disabled people deal with. Mainly, I think it's, you know, because it's what society deems is normal. And the disabled body, according to society, is not. And so I'm going to talk about my own experiences with that feeling this way. And so I guess I should start by talking about, you know, it. I think it started when I was in kindergarten, um, I was integrated to a quote unquote normal school when I was, and this is in, in Canada, junior kindergarten. So I was four years old. My parents were basically told, and this was, I guess, 1987, 88, that, yeah, that I should be integrated, which, you know, on paper sounds great. Um, and like I, I, I have no issues with being integrated. I think that was a, the right decision, obviously. But I think the 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 guys was you know, if I'm integrated, then I'm like a normal kid. And you know, the emphasis was, and throughout most of my childhood, was to be a normal kid. And you know, you look at that, and it's like, okay, well, what's normal? And basically I was taught, like, yeah, you go to school and you, you know, you just do everything to fit in. And so I grew up with, um, so I went to two elementary schools. Um, and so the first elementary school that I went to up until midway through grade four, I was the only kid in the entire school with a physical disability. And so I didn't really grow up until I was like almost, almost 10 years old with other disabled kids. It, at that age, I sort of didn't really, I, I guess in some ways I didn't understand that I was truly different and, or that there was like, I just thought I was like every other kid. Um, and so, which is great in a way, but I think is problematic later on because it messed with my identity, I think. Um, I sort of denied in a way that I was disabled. And so there was a heavy, heavy focus. And this is, and I should say, this is, wasn't really my parents so much, but it was, there was a very heavy focus by my teachers and I had like a occupational therapist and physiotherapist um, tell me like, you know, to, there was this push to be independent, um, you know, do everything yourself. And, you know, I was told, you know, don't ask for help. Um, and this was like things I was told at like five years old, you know, you could do it yourself. If anybody asks you, Tell them you can do it yourself, like, you know, pushing my chair. Um, especially, that was always a big thing. It's like, you know, 
if anybody asks you if you need help pushing your chair, tell them you can do it yourself. And so there was this like push to be, you know, I think almost abnormal, like weirdly enough in them wanting me to be normal. There was this push for me to be abnormally independent for, you know, a five-year-old. Obviously, I think they had good intentions. I think the whole intention was for me to be able to fit in society. But, you know, it caused me to, I think, sort of, in a way, deny that I was disabled. Like, I never saw myself as different from anyone else. I rarely acknowledged that I was disabled. Even though I was in a wheelchair, I just, yeah, I just wouldn't even think about it. And one of the big things, and I hate that I felt this way, and I still kind of feel this way, but I'll admit it, I've always sort of felt uncomfortable around other disabled kids. Because up until I was in the fourth grade, midway through fourth grade, like I said, I was the only disabled kid in the school. When I moved schools in the fourth grade, there were other people in wheelchairs in the school, but I still, I think, was the only one other than a kid who had Down syndrome. But I was the only kid in my class who was in a wheelchair. And I get that that, like, is, you know, to have other kids, as many other kids that were disabled in my second elementary school as there were was rare, um, which is, I think that helped in some ways for me to be around it. But I wasn't really around other disabled kids. I go to camp. I went to Easterfield's camp every summer from the time I was eight, eight years old. And I also did like different, um, day camps and stuff. Uh, my, in the summer that my parents signed me up for to keep me busy while they worked. So, and some of them were for disabled kids too. So like I did those sorts of things, but like, throughout the year, really, it was, I wasn't around other disabled kids. And I would feel if I was, the times that I was around large groups of disabled kids, I feel really uncomfortable. Like I, and I still sometimes feel this way. I don't feel like I can relate to them. And, you know, I, I realize now that all of these feelings are forms of internalized ableism. Um, I failed to accept, you know, my own disability. Um, yeah, like I'd say, like I'd openly tell people, yeah, I have spina bifida. But then like, really, what does that mean? Other than, yeah, like you're diagnosed with something. But I was always like, oh yeah, I can, you know, I can do everything. And I can, and this is what I was told to do. It's like, you can, you can do everything and, you know, you could be independent. And so I had this in my head. And that was the focus was independence. It wasn't, there was almost like this forced denial of, you know, my, my disability. And, you know, the biggest thing obviously is I couldn't walk. Like that's a huge difference from like my classmates and stuff. But, you know, and you know, kids were, for the most part, they were really good. They were like, I had friends. I always had friends and they accepted me and were, they were all really good. Um, and they never really treated me differently either. Like I said, I think in my previous episodes, kids don't care. Kids don't care, you know, generally. They don't see the wheelchair or the disability per se. And it's, you know, which is great. But 
For me, I didn't see the disability. I didn't see myself as disabled. I didn't see myself any different than my classmates. And, you know, when you have that mentality at that age, I think it really messes with you and it really messes with your identity. And I think it it messed up with mine for sure. It wasn't up until even a few years ago, and I'm even pushing when I say a few years ago, where I acknowledged that ableism was a thing. I'll admit it, up until a couple of years ago, I thought ableism was some bullshit thing that a bunch of angry disabled people started just so they can bitch and moan. Sorry, but that's sort of how I felt. And, you know, now, you know, after doing a bit more research, talking to people, I obviously realize that, you know, ableism is a thing. Um, disabled people are disparaged and treated unfairly within society all the time. And it, it's something that it, it, it is real. Like you, there is discrimination towards disabled people. And I now realize that that's what ableism is. But I also realize that my denial of there being ableism, that ableism is a thing, is internalized ableism. And this is something that I've actually only really started to look into and research in the last, like, maybe six months or so. Because I didn't even know this was a thing. And then when I read that it was a thing, I was like, oh, shit, this is me. And I'm, like, the spokesperson for be having internalized ableism. And I'll admit it. It's, you know, the feelings of wanting to be normal and whatever normal is deemed to be um, by society. And, like, doing things like rejecting or questioning other people's disabilities. You know, me not wanting to be around other disabled people or feeling uncomfortable around them. That's all internalized ableism. And it's fucked up. But I will admit that this is something that I deal with. And I I think it all goes back to, you know, all the shame goes back to just the way that I was basically told. It's like, you know, you're not normal, so, but you need to act normal to fit into society. And it's so wrong and gross when I really think about it. But... I, I understand at the time that it was something that my, the teachers and, you know, therapists, my parents, everything, they all wanted me to, to live within society. But at the end of the day, that was the end game, was for me to be able to function within society. But in doing that, it has created, and this isn't just me, but this has created a bunch of disabled people who have feelings of shame towards their disability and there's a denial of their disability. You sort of look at it and realize that these are things that sort of were ingrained, um, at least for me at a young age. And I don't, part of me doesn't want to put blame on it, but I also want to shed some light on something that I think is an issue that a lot of us deal with. You know, I can't speak to people who were not integrated at the, at, at the same point that I was because I think their experiences were very different. And this is actually something like I would at some point 
what my hope is to have a discussion with multiple disabled people about the shame and the feelings of internalized ableism and all of these things, because I think it's important and everybody has these different experiences with it. For me, like, these are all things that, like, weirdly enough, you know, I'm almost 40 years old and I'm, I'm just realizing this now. And I'm just like, when I realize it, I'm like, shit, like, you almost feel shame because you feel shame, if that makes any sense. I shouldn't feel ashamed for being disabled, but I felt shame. I was feeling like I was told by, and again, I, I, most, I would actually say most of the things that I was told really were from teachers and therapists um, who told me, you have to like, don't ask for help. Well, I'm like, at five years old, like what five-year-old doesn't ask for help or being told you need to push your chair yourself. Don't ask anybody for help. Well, what if my arms are tired? Like it's, it's, you know, there's this level of independence to a detriment. And so I didn't want to accept that I was disabled and that there was, it was almost like, you know, if I ask for help, something's wrong with me. Now as an adult, basically what I'm, my focus is now that I'm sort of understanding ableism, internalized ableism, and the, the feelings of shame, I really want to focus on normalizing disability. And, you know, when I've said this before, this is one of the reasons why I started this podcast is, you know, I want to talk about other pe- talk to people about their experiences. Um, not just this is why I, I rarely do episodes by myself like this, because I want to talk to other people about their experiences because I think it's important for all of us, including me, to learn and to understand all of our differences. And so my focus is to be to normalize disability because I don't think any of us should feel shame for, in my case, being born with a disability. Whether or not you're born with a disability, you should never feel shame for being, I don't even want to say it, different. It's a shorter episode this week. I think this is going to be an ongoing discussion. I want, like I said, I want to talk to other people about their experiences um, uh, with um, internalized ableism. This is something that, like, I think, because I've read different things, um, what other people have put online and posted, and there's a lot of people that are just coping with this now themselves. So I don't feel like I'm on my own with this. I would definitely like to maybe have a panel discussion, have a conversation just with other disabled people so that we can sort of help each other realize that, you know, there should be no shame. Thank you guys for listening. And uh, I'll be back next week. Uh, if you have any questions, please email me at info at this is uh, the Ling podcast is available on all major streaming platforms. And uh, yeah, so we'll see you next week. Have a great week. Bye.